We are happy to be back here in your podcast feed. I'm Brian Anderson. You're listening to California Nation. On today's show, we take you to the California Republican Party Convention, where the GOP just elected a new leader. But first, it's time to switch things up here on the pod. We have a new governor, increased tensions between California and the Trump administration, and a new legislative session. So in the spirit of all these changes, it's only appropriate that we make some updates to our theme song. We hope you enjoy it, as well as our entire episode today. All right, enjoy the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? (laughs) Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, We clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. where I'd find you at. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. The old days would be terrific. It's like, it's, it would be more of a partying atmosphere back then. There used to be things to celebrate, yeah. Yeah, not so much anymore. It's the first day of the California Republican Party convention, and I'm sitting at a bar with Mike Madrid. He's a Republican political consultant deeply frustrated with his party. In the 2018 midterms, Trump contributed to historic Democratic gains across the state. Madrid thinks Trump has become too toxic for California Republicans. He believes the only way the party can move forward is to leave Trump behind. But three candidates running to lead the California GOP support the president, some more so than others, though. And as I'm sitting next to Madrid, he notices a different level of enthusiasm in the room. It's not the funeral I was expecting, but again, most people here, I I think a large part of the, the, the... delegation really frankly gave up on winning a long time ago i mean they're not thinking about what they can do to actually fix the party and move forward they'd rather just you know cheer loud at their own rallies and make themselves feel good than actually kind of be relevant put simply california republicans are lost in searching for answers a heated fight is brewing over the party's future some want to go in a more moderate direction by backing the establishment candidate jessica patterson She's supported by nearly all of California's 36 Republican lawmakers, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. But she sees the support as an asset. They believe in me. They believe in the, the way I want to lead this party and the direction I want to take us. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our numbers, and I think it's we're going to have a good Sunday. So talking math Sunday, what are the numbers <laughs> looking like for you? The numbers are looking good. It's all turnout now, um, as it is with any election. So we need to execute. We need to turn out, but I think we'll, we'll do very well. By this point in time, it's Friday night, less than 48 hours from the time delegates will select a new leader. There's good reason for Patterson to be confident. She's portrayed herself as a more moderate candidate who can actually bring people together. Her opponents, on the other hand, are largely seen as divisive figures who want to align the California GOP closer to Trump. Former Assemblyman Travis Allen and longtime party activist Steve Frank want Patterson out of the race. So they decide to form an alliance. And with the clock ticking, they agree to support each other. Here's how it works. If none of the three candidates can win over a majority of the delegates on Sunday, a second vote will occur between the top two finishers. 
Now, assuming Patterson comes in first but doesn't capture the necessary votes to win outright, and assuming Allen comes in second, Frank will tell his supporters to put Allen over the finish line. This would deal a major blow to the establishment and give Trump supporters a win. Here's how Allen describes it to me. Patterson's candidacy is supported by the same failing status quo that has led the Republican Party to its weakest position in the last hundred years. Both Steve Frank and I realize, as well as the majority of delegates, that the Republican Party must change to win again in California. Frank confirms the plan. He says it's not about opposing Patterson, but about rescuing the GOP. So you and Travis have a pact to beat Jessica? No, we have a pact to save the Republican Party. We don't want to double down on defeat. And defeat would be Jessica, electing her. Because she wants to continue the same policies that we had that gave us November, 4, uh, November 6th. He's referring to the sweeping losses California Republicans faced in the 2018 midterms, which gave Democrats seven more congressional seats and their biggest advantage in the state legislature in decades. Patterson sees this Allen-Frank partnership as a sign of weakness. And, you know, I'm not a stranger to a fight, and I'm excited to be here. And, you know, when you're losing, you have to do things like that. And we're about winning. We're about uniting our party and making sure that we take the fight to the guys across the street, the Democrats that are doing silly things every single day, finding new ways to tax us on big gulps or plastic bags or straws. You know, you name it. They're, they're trying to figure out something silly to do over there. And I know who the enemy is. It's the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. But one thing stands out the most to me. The person calling for unity within the Republican Party is simultaneously labeling Democrats as the enemy. Now, this messaging became central to her campaign throughout the convention. Um, I know who the enemy is. The enemy is not a single person in this room. The circular firing squad that sometimes happens in our party is not helpful. Like I said, I know who the enemy is and it's not a single person in this room. They are the enemy of the taxpayers. They are trying to tax everything that is out there. They are trying to take away our liberty and our freedom. It's just words and you know the snowflakes need to take it somewhere else. This brings me back to Mike Madrid, who sees no substantial difference between the three candidates. To him, they're all fiery Republicans who won't be able to resurrect the California GOP. None of these folks are going to do, I've not heard any of them say they're going to do, what clearly, quantifiably needs to be done to establish a distinction in this party to turn it around, which is to decry the Trump dynamic that has enveloped the party. Of the three candidates, it was clear Patterson was the least vocally supportive of Trump. She largely dodged my persistent questions about Trump, though she told me in a phone call earlier this month that her priority was to focus on local issues, most of which she says do not come from Washington, D.C., is it time for Republicans to distance themselves from the president, or is this a time for them to go closer to him? I think that here in California, um, there's kind of, you know, these two silos that people keep retreating to. Either, um, you know, you're willing to die on the sword um, regardless of what the 3AM tweet was, or you cannot give him credit for any of the good things that he's doing. And I think, honestly, most California Republicans fall into a category somewhere in the middle. So where do you fall? I fall into the open um, and accepting of all California Republicans. And we need to come together. 
my message is going to be super localized. We are going to be talking about the things on the ground that are hurting Californians. And most of it is not coming from Washington, D.C. We're going to super localize all of these races and talk about issues that matter to Californians. You're listening to California Nation. I'm Brian Anderson. On the first day of the California GOP convention, the candidates running to lead the party introduced themselves to voters. There's the establishment back Jessica Patterson, staunch Trump supporter Travis Allen, and Tea Party member Steve Frank. With less than 24 hours before delegates cast their ballots, the fight intensifies. Allen holds a rally on the steps of the Capitol to rile up his angry base of supporters. Meanwhile, Frank and Patterson continue campaigning at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Sacramento. The battle between party loyalists and Trump enthusiasts only gets more heated. By the time I talked to Alan that night, his voice is so sore. Oh wow, what a day we had. What a day. He can barely speak. I think I probably gave about 15 speeches today. Your voice sounds hoarse. Yeah, I've been using it. But I can sense he's feeling like he's behind in the race. He boasts he has a 100% chance of winning, but when I press him by asking about what it would mean if Patterson became chairwoman, he looks off in the distance and shakes his head, refusing to entertain the question. I'm looking forward to winning tomorrow morning and rebuilding the California Republican Party from the ground up by Republicans and for Republicans. What are your worries? No worries? He's now facing an uphill battle. Meanwhile, Patterson's confidence level is through the roof when I chat with her. But the main takeaway from Saturday is not the politicking among the candidates, it's the circus of the convention itself. Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer is speaking at the convention to a few hundred donors and moderate Republicans. It's completely sold out. Thank you. Thank you for that kind introduction. I I really appreciate it, but even more, I appreciate the fact that I didn't have to call, crawl under a fence to get here. <laughs> My former boss. Spicer's talk is fairly low-key. He talks about how he democratized the press room by taking questions from a wider range of reporters. There's not much news to be had here, but one moment stands out. He thanks California Republicans for inviting him to speak, and he urges the party to come together regardless of who wins the chairman's race. Tomorrow... You guys are going to elect a new slate of officers to lead this party forward. Here's my ask. We don't have time for subtraction in this party. Fight it out tomorrow, elect a new chair and the rest of the officers, and then commit yourselves that whomever wins, we will fight equally hard. We don't have time as a party for division anymore. As Spicer goes on, he talks about the anger he is seeing on the other side. My friends, I've traveled the entire country since I left the White House. The left is fired up. They don't like what this president is doing. Frankly, they don't like how effective he has been. That anger became clear just a few blocks away where the Tea Party is holding an event at the Claim Jumper restaurant. They are met by around 15 people believed to be a part of the Antifa movement. Protesters are chastising the Republicans in attendance. This is how John Barry, one of the attendees, describes it to me. The um, what happened is what appeared to be some Antifa protesters came up and they started banging on the window, right? 
and I, I, it's, it's like you idiots. You know, I mean, you're our, you're our own best form of advertising. They had the mask on the faces. They had a bullhorn. You could hear her through the window. See, I'll play that video if you'll play that. They knocked the phone out of my hand. What's your name? You have the guts to say your name? Voting day has finally arrived. After an hour-long delay, the California GOP assembles with just over 1,400 delegates. Another hour later, the vote is ready to come in. All those vote who desire to vote. All those vote who desire to vote. All those vote who desire to vote. The drama is mounting. The anticipation is rising. The clerk will close the roll and tally the vote. And there is a brief moment of silence. The results pop up. And the winner is... Jessica Patterson wins the race, capturing 55% of the vote. Travis Allen gets 31% and Steve Frank gets 15% falling shy of a combined majority. Please welcome the new chair of the California Republican Party, Jessica Patterson. I run over to Patterson. Behind me, Travis Allen leaves the room in frustration. Patterson is hugging her family, waving to her supporters, and walking up to the mic to give her acceptance speech. First of all, thank you to our fellow my fellow delegates for your confidence and your vote. I'm humbled, I'm motivated, and I do not underestimate the great responsibility of leading our party. As the speech continues, the Trump loyalists in the room who supported Allen and Frank grow frustrated. Patterson makes a move to heal the wounds though. That receives the largest standing ovation. I also want to thank my opponents, Assemblyman Allen and Steve Frank, We've known each other for a number of years. It is so clear your love and passion and commitment to our party. It is in that spirit that I would like to invite the two of you who have talked tirelessly about voter registration to head up our voter registration task force. I, I don't see either of you. I don't see either of you, but I want to connect. I want to bring our party together, and I think this is just the first step in that. She then ends with a familiar line about taking the fight to Democrats. It was, so long, it was not so long ago California prospered under Republican leadership, and if we work together, it won't be long until we do it again. So today, let's serve notice to the Democrats and California that we are back, and we are ready to deliver on the Republican comeback. And then let's dig in and make it happen. Thank you. I was repeatedly told Patterson would be available for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with us. 
That interview did not end up happening due to her busy schedule. Her campaign also invited reporters to speak with her after the speech ended, but instead, Patterson posed with supporters for around 15 minutes. By the time she got to reporters, she said she had to run to a meeting and couldn't answer any questions. And I look forward to having relationships with all of you, and we will continue the conversation. But today's a great day, and tomorrow's going to be a lot of work, so I'm looking forward to it. So no questions today, but we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll connect, okay? The March Thank primary you so much. seems like your first big test. What we, do you hope to get out of the... Well, we'll uh, definitely be working hard to recruit good candidates up and down the state, that's for sure. That's going to be a number one priority for all of us. Are you going to be inviting President Trump uh, to come here and campaign? We'll have to see how it works. Thank and you. Yeah, Allen said he would talk to us as well, but he quickly left the room after he lost. So what does this chairman's result mean? Well, that depends on who you ask. For Patterson supporters, Sunday marks a victory for the establishment. It will allow the party to stop the bleeding. For opponents, though, Patterson's win is a major blow. They fear that with the California GOP not being as vocally supportive of Trump, the party's troubles will worsen. For others, the impact is negligible. Republicans already have minimal power in California, and a new leader probably won't change things much anytime soon. For me, as I'm filing away a story, I'm left with more questions than answers. How large is the divide between the establishment and the Trump loyalists? And how can the GOP return to relevancy? Welcome back to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. Now, this is usually the part where we'd interview someone, but because Patterson wasn't available, we're going to move ahead to our favorite part of the show, Buzz of the Week. That's right. It's time where I give you a headline I can't stop thinking about. And if you have a headline you can't get off your mind, give me a call at 916 916- 326-5538. You can check our show notes for more information. This week, I can't stop thinking about Diane Feinstein, the California senator who was recently berated by a bunch of children pushing for a Green New Deal. Now, initially, the video got lots of attention as the Sunrise Movement urged Feinstein to be more progressive on environmental issues. Feinstein's response? One of dismissiveness and rudeness. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality, and I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? I'm 16. I can't vote. you didn't vote for me. Well, she voted. It doesn't matter. We're the ones going to be impacted. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is enormous popularity for this bill around the whole country. And we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. I'm trying to do the best I can, which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that that doesn't take bold, transformative action is not going to be what we need. Well, you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And I then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, by that time, there's going to be just, a big problem. I just won a big election. But when the entire 15-minute video showed up on social media, as opposed to the two-minute one edited by the environmentalists, 
Feinstein came across in a more positive light. She tried to show the children her environmental agenda, and she even offered a 16-year-old girl an internship. Here's what I do propose, and here is the resolution that I think has a chance to pass. So we'll give each of you a copy. You can take a look at it. It's, it states the case, I think, very well, and it means something. So before you criticize it, read it. Mm -hmm. I will. Okay. How can I, wait, sorry, how can I start an internship here? You want to do an internship here? Yes. You got I one. I can give you my card. Yeah. 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 She can have an internship sure. here. Oh, okay. yeah. internship. Don't even know your name. Isha. Isha Clark. Hi, Isha. Thank you. Isha Headman. And um, Isha Clark will do yeah. an internship okay. here, Jim. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> this meeting between Feinstein and staunch supporters of the costly progressive plan to combat climate change split the public. Was Feinstein too mean, or were the kids just unrealistic and unwilling to listen? I find myself landing somewhere in the middle. Hedge is the best you'll get from me, I'm afraid. And Senator Feinstein, if you're listening, you are still more than welcome to come on the podcast to offer your take. Thank you so much for tuning in to California Nation. I'll return to your feed in a couple weeks. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps people like you find our show. Word of mouth also helps. Now, this is our 10th episode, and your feedback is very important to us. So please make sure to share your thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian R. Anderson. That's B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. I love the Padres now. Oh, come on. <laughs> Manny Machado is just a whiny little... I hope they get... I know, I'm so glad he's gone. He's kind of a being. He's I definitely not worth that money. I hope they make a play for Harper. Uh,